The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. Go ahead and be seated, but don't forget that the whole idea of fighting on our knees and the battle belongs to the Lord. We're going to come back to that. We're also going to come back to this ladder here in a minute. In case you are worried, you have good reason to be. You know, um, we had uh, last week, I was kind of excited. I had an old friend from high school told me he watched our service online. And I was waiting, you know, for some type of encouraging word from him or anything like that. He said, I watched your service online. He said, it was really funny when that drawer wouldn't shut. That's all he said. Uh, some of you might remember we were doing communion last week, and I had actually put the elements in this cabinet here. So when I went to get them, I got them out, and then I couldn't get the drawer shut again. Well, that was the highlight of, his, of, of the service for him. So I thought, if he liked that, this week I'm going to fall off a ladder. I figured you ought to really like, like that one. That ought, to, that ought to go viral. No, we'll come back to that in a second. I want to start uh, with just a simple question here. How many of you do New Year's resolutions? How many of you have like a New Year's resolution for this year? Really? Nobody? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Some, somebody's got to have a New Year. Well, I'm not going to ask you what it is. I, pro I promise I will not ask what it is. Somebody tell me you did anyway. It's kind of killing the sermon if absolutely nobody has one. Um, okay, well, I don't know why I'm preaching the sermon then, actually, because, no, um, I, I actually am a New Year's resolution kind of guy. In fact, uh, tomorrow I have planned to sit down and write out, you know, some goals for the year. I don't really call them resolutions, but it's that idea. I want to write out, you know, some dreams and goals for the year for myself and for the church and for my waistline, you know, different things like that that, that you write out at the beginning of the, of the year. Well, what I wanted to address with this is there's a caution that comes with New Year's resolutions. Apparently, you've all figured it out already because you're not doing them. Uh, but when we talk about the idea of our life being lived by grace or in grace, sometimes the idea of a New Year's resolution goes against that. Because if I succeed in my resol uh, resolution and it's all about me and I'm great and I'm wonderful and I'm making great progress, if I fail, then I'm a loser and, and, and uh, you know, I just might as well quit and I'm not worth anything. So sometimes when we set out and we strive for something, it goes against the idea and the theme of living by grace, which we're going to talk about today, living in grace or living by grace. Now, so I'm going to answer three questions today. Why this sermon? Why the law, the law of God is given, and why this life, why we're going to live for Jesus. Now, the first point is totally for me, so just uh, I'll keep it short, but stay with me for a second. Uh, this just makes me feel good because I'm an old man and I'm nostalgic a little bit, but I was thinking 10 years ago on the first Sunday of 2013 was the first time I came to Community Church to preach. Yeah, I know, tears in uh, the whole place. But I, uh, I, I came in, I remember, Dwayne Avon greeted me at the door back there. I, I remember that. And uh, I remember coming in and some folks were practicing singing and, and uh, I just was you know, feeling kind of awkward. I also remember this, this is great. My wife put her Bible down and went around to talk to people and she had put it in somebody's set seat. And this, so when she came back, her Bible was gone. I thought, oh, that's great. Uh, like that. But I, uh, I do actually remember what I preached that day because I figured I was just preaching a couple times. I'd share some different things God was teaching me in my life. 
And uh, I don't remember the sermon, I don't write it down, but I remember the text, okay? I remember the text because it is from uh, Galatians, and uh, Paul wrote to the, uh, the folks in Galatia there, and he said, are you so foolish? And now that's very strong language. <laughs> Basically, you're not being very smart here. Are you this dumb? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? And this verse really smacked me. And I want to explain just for a minute why. My background as a Christian was I understood from the very beginning that there's no way I could become a Christian by works. I understood that. I understood that Christ had died for my sin. However, I was in a, we'll call it a branch of Christianity that really promoted uh, a relationship with God that was based on works. So in other words, I was like, okay, I got saved basically by grace. I understood that. It's all about what Jesus did. It's not about what I did. I placed my faith in what Jesus did. But now it's kind of up to me. And now I've got to make this thing work. I've got to be good enough. I've got to earn my standing even sometime with God. And I got caught in that. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but uh, they, there's a little guide for detecting if something is a cult. And what I was in was, I wouldn't call it a cult, some would, uh, but it had some cultish aspects. Okay, a cult is uh, one of the red flags that comes up is if you find somebody who's claiming special revelation, I have a message from God. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you who you should marry. I know God told me. Okay, Tate's getting a little worried there. But, uh, you know, I, I have like some type of special connection. That's why I'm constantly telling you, if you bring to me a prayer request, I thank you. I appreciate your prayer request. I want to pray for you. But I always want you to know, it's not like because I'm the pastor, there's a special connection. Okay. Wow. If he prays, it's going to happen. You have that same avenue. Your prayers are the same. You have the same uh, mediator, which is Jesus Christ. So I always want to stress that there's nothing special. Well, in my particular context, too, it was very man-centered, like he was somehow uh, above everybody else, and it was a little dangerous. And then unfulfilled prophecy, that's obvious. If somebody keeps telling you, hey, this is going to happen tomorrow, and it doesn't, eventually you ought to go, <laughs> maybe he's wrong. Uh, the Trinity denied that last one. This is very common in cults, especially what they'll do is they'll, they'll take away from the deity of Christ. They'll tell you that Jesus isn't actually God. So you have to watch that. But that third one in there, that lack of grace, boy, we were all over that. We were very much a work-based group. I don't know how to say that. And therefore, in my life, I was very much uh, centered on what I did and relying on that for my walk with God. I was all about the rules. I was always all about obeying the laws. Now, we're going to come back to this verse in a second here, but uh, here's where the latter comes in. This is how I viewed the laws and the rules of God. Okay, basically, now I'm a Christian, so I need to uh, take this step in obedience and growth. I need to start, uh, maybe I need to start giving some money to the church. I need to tithe and, and, uh, and, and give offerings. And now I'm going to, you know, I got to clean up my life a little bit. I got to, you know, uh, try to live a better life of following God. And I got to get involved in his service. You guys getting worried? <laughs> my wife's looking at, it's good, babe. Uh, we're all right. Uh, one more? Higher, higher. Um, but, uh, you know, as, as we go up, and I kept climbing up that ladder. Ladder. Now, if you think about this picture here for a second, uh, as I'm climbing up this ladder, first of all, maybe I'm thinking I'm getting closer to God. I won't go up any higher. Don't be worried. Don't be worried. Uh, but maybe I'm thinking, first of all, wouldn't that go viral? <laughs> Watch this. Um, but uh, I'm thinking maybe this is how I get closer to God. You know, I do more things. 
you know, I, I, I follow the rules. I obey the law. I do these things. And not only that, if you will notice my point of view of everybody else right now, what is it? I'm looking down. And when we view the law of God and following his rules as a ladder, I think that's what we get caught in oftentimes. You know, I'm constantly thinking, hey, I'm better than somebody else and I'm making progress. And it really becomes all about me. And the truth of the matter is, history is his story. I am never going to be the star of it. So this verse hit me hard. Because, hey, I knew that I wasn't perfect, okay? I knew I wasn't that good, but I started going up this ladder here, and the more I did, I kind of looked around and thought, hey, you're not as high as me on this rung right here. I give more than you, and you're not as high as me because you uh, smoke marijuana. I don't know what you do. Uh, You know, I'm trying to think, and you're not as high as me because you don't go to churches as often as I do. I go every time the doors open. I'm like, Adam, I've been here every day this year. Uh, And, uh, you know, everything like that. And I begin to think like that. So that's the path that I was on. And it was very convicting uh, when I started to realize that my life is based on grace. So I'm going to, we have the kids in here uh, today. We usually do that on a fifth Sunday, but since this month's kind of upside down, our fifth Sunday is our first Sunday. The kids are in here today. But I want everybody, if you will, to answer a question for me. And actually going to answer two questions. The first question is, how does a person become a child of God? And the answer is from Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, is by grace through faith. Okay, but then my second question is, how does a person live for Jesus? And the answer is, by grace through, through, through faith. Okay, so are you ready? I need a little participation here. Melody told me she's very tired. Have you keeping the elbow sharp? Okay, keep her away. Uh, like that. So the first question is, how does a person become a child of God? That won't win any awards, but it's our start, okay? Uh, second question is, how does a person live for Jesus Christ? Okay, I want you to remember that, okay? Get that idea in your head. It is by grace through faith. It is not a works. Now, let me explain a little bit there because as we examine that second question, which is why then did God give us the law? Why did he give us the Ten Commandments? We're going to jump through uh, Galatians a little bit to look at this. Uh, in chapter 3 of Galatians, Paul asks that question that he's going to answer. He says, why the law then? And then he answers it. He says, it was added. Now, before I go any further, I want to stop on that word added. The law was added. The reason why that is very significant, if you go through and read Galatians chapter 3, look back a few verses, it'll tell you how long after something else it was added. It tells you 430 years later. And what he says is, first of all, there was a promise. And that promise was a redeemer. That promise was God was going to send his son to pay for sin. Okay, he promised that first. He reiterated that promise in Genesis chapter 12 with Abraham. He said, that's the promise. That's the done deal. Now, something that came 430 years later to Moses called the law. Let's finish it here. It was added uh, because of transgression. Why? Because of sin. Until the offspring should come to know the promise had been made. And it was put in place through the angels by an intermediate. Now, that's kind of complicated there. The intermediary is Moses that put that in place through the angels. But, uh, but God put the law in place, but he added it later. Okay? The law was never, let me emphasize this with another ver- verse, the law was never going to be a means for us to earn salvation. The law was never going to be a way that we could be good enough, that we could climb high enough on the ladder to get to God. 
The law was never intended to do that. In chapter 3, verse 21, for the law then, is that contrary to the promises of God? No, certainly not. For if the law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. Paul said, you know, if there was ever a way that you could earn it through keeping a law, that'd be one thing. But there's never been a law that you could keep perfectly like that. Can I tell you something? I I went through the law. I was thinking, you know, where do you start with the law? I was thinking of the Ten Commandments. Can I tell you something that I can't be proud of at all? I'm pretty sure I've broken them all. You say, wait a minute, you've broken them all? Well, I'm, I know there's places where I've had idols in my heart ahead of God. I know there's places where I haven't taken God seriously. I've kind of taken his name in vain. I know there's times in my life when I've coveted. You say, well, you didn't murder anybody, did you? Well, let's... So this is going out on video. No, I have not murdered anybody, but Jesus made it very plain that if we have hatred in our heart, we're guilty of breaking his law. So, uh, so I could go through every one of them based on the, the, the written word and what Jesus did in expounding the law and say I haven't kept it. So I am not capable of climbing my way up to God. The ladder's not going to get there. I know that I totally need the grace of God. A little bit later in that chapter, he says, So then, the law was a guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified. So what he says very simply is the law was never given as a way to keep enough, be good enough to get to God. Uh, But the law instead is a guardian. In some of the other translations, it uses words like schoolmaster. But it is the I. Here's what the law is supposed to do. It's like you're going down the road and you see that sign that tells you how fast you're going. You know what I mean? The radar thing. Whoa, I didn't realize that. Uh, Time to slow down. The real effective ones. Have you seen some of the ones that they have now with the blue and red lights on top? Yeah, those are effective. I got to tell you, I instantly slow down no matter how, how fast I'm, I'm going with that. But that's what the law really does is it shows me that I need God's grace, that I need forgiveness, and that I continually need God's grace, that I continually need his forgiveness. You know, it, I have found it is incredibly hard in my life to start to climb this ladder of changing my behavior without looking down on other people. I don't know if you found that or not. Do you, do you know what I mean? Well, hey, you know, hey, truth is, if everybody lived like me, we'd be better off. Yeah, I'm not perfect, but I'm better than you. Uh, you know, and I can, look, I can keep looking down, and I keep getting higher, and everybody else keeps getting lower. And uh, I think our tendency a lot of times, when we're living a life that does not have grace in it, is not based on God's grace, we don't realize how much we need Him. In fact, that's the second phrase or the second question I want you to answer out loud. Uh, the law is given so that I will learn that... And I need Jesus. I need grace and I need Jesus. And I want to remember this all the time so that I'm not becoming puffed up with what I have accomplished. So I'm not looking down my nose at somebody else so that I understand that I am, you know, we use the phrase, well, I know I'm not perfect, but I mean, I am really not perfect. Okay? Uh, you know, the, the author of Amazing Grace, of course, wrote, you know, just that the, the, this wretch that I am. Okay? And when we understand that, let me... Uh, let me back up for a second here. This is another kind of a weird question, but and, and if, you, if you would go ahead and answer out loud, don't worry about having the wrong answer. What do you think is the worst sin? Throw something out. Have another God? Okay, so the first commandment, we're going with that. So what's, what? Any, okay, that's where we're going later. Don't, don't, don't jump ahead. Uh, <laughs> I hate it when people get ahead of me. Uh, but... Uh, if you start naming sins, name something you've done today, Tate. 
No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but the, no, but if you really think, you know, okay, you could say, well, I think adultery is the worst. I think murder is the worst. Uh, you could make an argument for, you know, several different things. Definitely you could make an argument for that. It's the first commandment, having a God before me. And you could also make the argument, I think, was that any sin is a front to God. I don't really think we want to be ranking them. However, if we were having the discussion and we wanted to debate a little bit, if you think about how Jesus reacted to different things, how did he treat the woman in adultery? Kindly, gently. How did he treat the Pharisees? He called them a brood of vipers. He called them whited sepulchers. Okay, he did not. Uh, so some would argue that pride, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying there is a worse sin. I'm saying that you could make an argument that pride and self-righteousness are definitely at the top of the list here. And if we forget that I need grace, if I forget that, then that is going to fill up my life. Okay, so what I want to do and what I want to encourage you to do is take a different look at the law. And instead of seeing it as a ladder, I'm going to ask you in your mind today to lie that ladder down, if you will. Okay? And uh, put that ladder down there. And maybe instead of seeing it as a, as a ladder, see it as some tracks that a loving father has put you on, some guidelines that you want to stay on because he knows what is best for you and he loves you. And see his law as helping you uh, to guide you and keep you on that track. And see it like that. Does that make a, resonate a little bit? And realizing that when I fight this battle, I fight on my knees. I need him. I need his grace. I need his strength. And I need him every day. Okay? So, okay, wait a minute, Pastor. So you don't earn favor with God by our good behavior because God loves us for the sake of Jesus Christ who died for us. Okay? So it's all based on grace. That's what you're saying, right, Pat? Yeah, yes. That is exactly what I'm saying. So then why? My third question was, why this life? Why should I live and follow Jesus Christ? Why do I want to do that? You know, what, what's, what's the motive? It's not going to get me to heaven. I'm not going to climb enough, high enough on there. And this question is so crucial to, uh, to have an answer in mind. Why is it that I should live for Jesus Christ? When I go back to that first sermon I preached here, it was all about the fact that my motivation for Christianity had changed or for following Jesus had changed over the years. And I want to elaborate on that a little bit here because there are, okay, listen, this is just the, the, the facts and the data and everything support this. There are a lot of young people who are growing up and walking away from God. My heart breaks for parents when they watch their kids do that. I mean, it, the, and you know, you say, well, they could have done this. Listen, I, I'll say this again. I'm, I'm, by the grace of God, I'll say, you know, my, my daughter and son follow the Lord, and I'm, I'm so happy about that, but I'm just in thankfulness. It's not because of me, and I know that. So it is not, you know, this is not condemning at all. It's just hurting for people who've walked, who've watched loved ones walk away from the Lord. And what has happened a lot of times with a generation, if you think about this, in our culture, people are not big on being told what to do. And if our following God is only because that is what we're supposed to do, that's what we're told to do. Many people are looking that, at that, and they're looking at that ladder, and they're saying, no matter how hard I try, I'm still coming up short. And they're right. 
and it's frustrating and they're giving up or they're looking at somebody else climb that ladder and that self-righteousness is disgusting to them so they're, they're walking away from it and they're saying, you know, I don't want to be part, part of that. So how incredibly crucial this is moving forward that we figure out the why I am going to follow the Lord. And Galatians also gives us several reasons for that that I'd like you to consider. Why then do I want to follow him? Why then uh, do I actually want to make him king of my life? The first thing that I want us to realize is that God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so that you are, listen to this, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Okay, the first thing that I want us to remember is the relationship that he has called us to, that we are called to be sons, we are called to be children and not slaves. I have told you a little bit about my dad before. My dad, um, and I please don't, I'm not, I don't mean to run him down in this way uh, in, in what I'm going to say. Stay with me. Dad was not, there's no other way to say, he was not what you call a man's man. Okay? I know as you look at me, you say, how could that be? Uh, there's never been a more manly man than what stands before us. I know you're thinking that. <laughs> You don't have to confirm. I know you're thinking that. Uh, but da dad was 5'6", uh, no interest at all in sports, no hunting, no hobbies that you think of, woodwork or anything like that. Uh, but, uh, and, and, but what I knew about my dad is this. When my dad became a Christian and started following Christ, I knew he loved God. I knew that. I, I watched it. I saw it in his life. And I always knew he loved me. I mean, he would try to, you know, show some interest in a football game. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of mean. And, uh, you know, like that. We say kind of watch it together. And uh, my dad never, from the time I was in junior high, was never physically imposing to me where I thought, oh, man, he scares me. But I wanted through my life to please my dad while he's alive more than any human being alive because I knew he loved me. And that's the type of relationship that I'm talking about here. God says, I didn't call you to be a slave. I called you to be a son. I want you in that relationship. And I know, unfortunately, not all of us have father relationships that we can look to and say this is healthy and this is good. But if you can remember with me that we have a perfect heavenly father, we have a good, good father, and that one who loves us ought to be the first reason why I want to follow him and live for him is because he has called me to be a son and not a slave. Later on, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, it says, For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And if I could add a second thing there, not only am I a son, not a slave, but I have been called to freedom. I always hate it when somebody gives you that line, Oh, you can't do that because you're a Christian. Or I can't do that because I'm a Christian. You know what? I am a Christian, and therefore I am free. I don't have to live in the bondage. Uh, Josh prayed that this morning, I think. I don't have to live in the bondage to sin and, and slavery like that. I don't have to, okay? I don't have to live thinking, boy, if I step out of line even a, a little bit, I, I walk in freedom that God has given me, and I love that. I get to live like that. This is an old illustration. I remember from when preachers using it when I was a kid, but the story is told of a slave auction where they uh, kept auctioning off different slaves and the, and the value of the slaves would increase so they saved the best for last. And the last young lady that was brought to the slave auction was a beautiful young lady, healthy and strong, and would bring top dollar in the, in the slave market. So as she stood there on the block and the auctioneer was auctioning her off, uh, the bid kept growing. 
and she watched different people, this guy over here bidding on her and this man over here bidding on her and she just grew more and more angry at the whole thing, you know, that I am being sold like this and she was so bitter at that idea and the price kept going up and kept going up and then and the more the, the higher the price got, the more angry she became and, and the more resentful she became and the more bitter and uh, finally the auction closed and someone had bought her and she was brought over to him and she looked at him and she said, just so you know, she said, I hate you and I will never serve you. And the, and, the, and the man said, you don't understand. I bought you to set you free. And she, he said with that, she fell down on her knees and said, I'll serve you forever. Now, that's an illustration that preachers told forever, that, but that kind of gives us a cool picture of that idea. I do not follow Christ simply because I have to. I follow Christ because uh, he has set me free. And I have the freedom to live. I have the freedom to live a life that has purpose. I love that. Okay, I have a freedom to live a life that counts for eternity. I love that. Okay, so why should I follow him? Third thing, as we look at another verse in the book of Galatians, something else the Apostle Paul wrote, he said, for the desire of the flesh are against the spirit. He started to talk about this battle that he going on. By the way, that battle that we have between our old nature and new nature is beautifully described in Romans chapter 7, uh, if you want to read more about that from Scripture, because Paul said he had that. He said, there's things I want to do that I don't do. But he said, that desire of the spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other. He said, I have new nature in Jesus Christ and I have this old nature and they're battling okay so I don't always do the things that I want to do that's exactly what he says here they're battling to keep you from doing the things that you want to do and I want to highlight that phrase for a moment that idea of the things that you want to do if you were to say to me pastor I had no interest in following God, I'm just, I just don't want to. I'll be very honest with you. I am very concerned about your spiritual condition. But if you come and you tell me, Pastor, I'm struggling. There's things that I want to do. I want to follow God, and I'm struggling to do that. Then I say, hey, I get you. I understand. I can connect with that. The Apostle Paul can too. Again, he wrote about it well in Romans chapter 7. There's some things that I want to do. And the point that I want to make is this, okay? Again, if... Okay, if we're telling people you got to live for God because you got to. Okay, you have to. I don't know how else to say that. We're ta- and, uh, and many people then are going through their Christian life. You know, this is an old commercial, but I'll come back to it. I, I see this guy, got to make the donuts. You know, he's going, I got to make the donuts. And he's back and forth. There's what I got to do. I got to do what I got to do. I got to do. We live in a, in a world where people are rejecting that idea. I'm not going to make the donuts. <laughs> if it's something I don't want to do, I'm not going to do it anymore. And that is largely what is happening here, happening here. And if the only view we give of the Christian life is this ladder that I have to climb, then we got a problem. But if we can understand, and hey, listen, I want to make you a promise, and I have to be very careful about this. I'm not, you know, I don't want to be puffed up in saying this because I want to make you a promise that as long as I am pastor of community, you will not necessarily have the smartest pastor in the world. <laughs> Waiting for an amen. Uh, you will not necessarily have the hardest working even pastor in the world. You will not have the best looking pastor in the world, the uh, most entertaining pastor in the world, the best organized pastor in the world, but you will always have a pastor who wants to be here, I promise you. I love what I'm doing. Okay, I love the opportunity to live for God, and if it ever becomes the other way, uh, where, where I don't, I'm out of here. Okay, because I, d- I think you deserve to have a pastor who loves what he's doing. 
I, I really do. Because I want to live for God. So I got a last phrase for you. Okay? Now, the last phrase is because I want to. Now, kids, I want to be very clear. This is, I want you to repeat this after me for a minute in response to a question. But this, I don't want you to remember this phrase otherwise. Okay? So in other words, why'd you hit your brother? This is not an acceptable answer. Okay? Why'd you throw your food on the floor? Because I want to. No, not an acceptable answer. But if I want to, if I ask this question, why are you living for Jesus? This is the answer we want to give. Because I want to. And, uh, Forgive my grammar on that. But uh, yeah, very simple because I want to. Because this is what I want to do because I understand. You see, the book of Galatians was, pe- was written to people who were getting a little confused. They started down the road of following Christ, but then the, the law kept working its way back in. And they got confused. And they started to tell everybody, well, you got to keep this aspect of the law. And you got to keep this aspect of the law. And what got lost in that whole thing was the idea of living by grace. The idea that I live my life out of response to his goodness, not to earn his goodness. He's good because he's good. I don't earn it. Okay? But because he's good, out of thankfulness, I want to live for him. Because he has called me his son, not a slave. Because he has set me free. I, I love, you know, I always love when God kind of coordinates the, the message with the songs. And we were singing, you know, today we are singing about that freedom that we have. And, uh, and I'm like, yes! Yes, the cross. Because of the cross, I'm free. That, that's the truth right there. I hate the idea of, well, I can't do that because I'm a Christian. You know, I have a sad life because I'm a Christian. I just hate that idea because it is so untrue. Because of Christ, I'm free. Because of Christ, I call him Father. Because of Christ, I want to do what's right. I didn't say I always do it. But because of Christ, I want to. So the question is, we need a little bit better participation, okay? I mean, I know it's the New Year's. Wake Melody back up. So, you can, uh, so, so she, she gets that. Because it's uh, a new year, I know we're a little groggy, and, and some folks had to stay up and watch uh, the end of the football game last night. I get that. But, sorry, Dennis. Um, but the message is, or the question is, why do we live for Christ? And I just want you to say, because I want to. Okay, you ready? Can we do this? You got a little life? Get a pulse. Check for the pulse. Okay, ready? Why should we live for Christ? Because I want to. Isn't that a great way to live more and more? And I want to say again, read what Paul said. Paul doesn't say he always did what was right. He said, I struggle with it. But when we have a new life in Christ, we have that desire. We want to live for him. And that's a whole lot better than, I got to do it. Guess I got to go to church today. You know, guess I got to read my Bible today. Guess I got to walk in that today. You're going you're gonna to be climbing that ladder and it ain't no fun. Okay, lie that ladder down and say, God loves me. He's given me a path to walk in. And because he loves me, eh, he, wa- he wants to keep me on that path. And he might give me a little slap there if I get off that path uh, to bring me back in line. But that love, uh, I'm sorry, that pathway is for me and to, ha- and to help me. And by the way, that pathway also reminds me that I need him every day. So when I'm going through this life, I'm going to fight. And you know how I'm going to fight? I'm going to ask uh, Adam and uh, Hannah to come back up. And this young lady that uh, I remember, Lexi. Her name is Lexi. Shouldn't have said that. I don't know her last name, but it's on her jacket, so you can see. Uh, but she's helping us out by playing the drums here. And uh, I thought a good way just to march into 23 
is with that determination. We're going to fight, okay? We're going to fight, but we're going to fight on our knees. You see how that ties in with living in grace? I need him. I need him every step of the way because if I'm making these great strides in my own power and my own strength, first of all, I'm impressed with myself. And secondly, I'm unimpressed with everybody else. But I don't want either of those things. I want to be impressed with Jesus Christ and his goodness and his kindness. And therefore, I want to fight. But I want to fight on my knees. I keep trusting in his grace. Would you stand with me? I'll pray and we'll sing that again. Father, I, yeah, I don't know how to say this, God. I have been so changed by this message that I'm desperate to share it with other people. Um, and, and I, again, I come up short in trying to. So my, my request is that your spirit would apply it to our lives. Lord, help us to see um, your grace, your goodness. Help us to see that this is not only the means for salvation and a relationship with you. Help us to see that it is also what we want to continue to learn to make part of our everyday life, walking in grace and living in grace. And help us to go forward into this year, <laughs> dependent upon you, fighting our battles on our knees, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church, or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.